0: You're listening to Danny and Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. It is Danny and Gallant. The Pete Carroll Show will begin just as soon as the coach gets in to sit down after a defeat that, well, it showed in many ways how close Seattle was this season, how much they've overcome, and, and in the end painted a little bit of their flaws, too. I was more encouraged when Pete Carroll talked about this in reference to the 2012 season. I think I was able to look at this season, not just as how far could they go this year when Russell Wilson played so well, but as part of a process. And this is a team that has not quietly, but without dipping down, they've rebuilt San Francisco's rebuilt. They've gotten back to the NFC championship game. They're terrible for four years. They, they stocked up draft picks. Seattle has got back to the point where you can begin next season expecting this team to contend for a division title and get back to the playoffs and be improved with, without taking that dip. Yeah, the
1: hardest thing about rebuilding is usually when a team is rebuilding, they're getting a new quarterback and they're doing all this stuff. Uh, Russell Wilson's been here, and that's the reason why they've been able to rebuild and still have success throughout these past few years. As long as you have a quarterback, you have a chance in this league. And then you can't you can't praise Pete Carroll and John Schneider enough just about the acquisitions they make the Quandre digs, the, the clowny, um, the, the, the Reed getting that deal done, uh, Bobby Wagner, the way he handled that in the organization's relationship. So, um, it was a overall, that was a win this year. I know it for them. They seem like they, uh, underachieved a bit because they thought they could win this game. They thought they could go to the to the a- a- NFC Championship game. But uh, when you look at it, no one was giving these guys a shot at the end of the year. I think I gave them 10 wins. They got 11 wins. Um, so just the, the way that they did it with with the O-line being depleted, um, with you losing your running backs, you losing your tight ends, the things they had to overcome. Um, this team is in a, was in a rebuild mode, and if they can stay healthy next year, I expect them to be in the same position next year with a chance to represent uh, the conference or the division in the NFC Championship game.
2: We know what the key to an offense is, but what's the key to a defense? Like, what's that one foundational piece that you need to build around? It's definitely subjective. It could be a cornerback, it could be a, a, a linebacker. The Seahawks do have a Bobby Wagner. It could be a pass rusher. It, what do you think that they need to go? What direction? would help them get back to a spot where they'd be where san francisco
1: is right now it's all about the d-line i mean look at san francisco's d-line it's all about the big boys the guys who get the least love have the biggest impacts in football games you need an offensive line to protect your quarterback you need a defensive line to get to the quarterback and i think that you gotta hold down Clowney, figure it out get a deal done he's special
0: here's the coach we do have Pete Carroll, who's stepping in to join us.
3: Stay with these guys now. Coach them up. Keep going. The Pete Carroll Show. The first word from the Seahawks head coach every Monday at 9.30 with Danny and Golan. That's exactly what you want! Presented by Banner Bank on 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: Pete Carroll is joining us, and the Seahawks showing that heart once again. Really resilient team you've had, Pete, and I don't think anybody had any doubts about you guys co- having a comeback. And it just need one more opportunity. What's the feeling like in the locker room after that game?
3: Well, it's a, the finality that hits you on the, in the playoffs is really so obvious. You know, it just smacks you right in the teeth. You know that you're done, and uh, you go so far and so hard and, and for so long, anticipating you're just going to keep going. You know that there is no end. And it's the only way you think, and then all of a sudden it's a shock. And, uh, the reality hits, and, you know, in a couple of days from now, and, okay, it's over. Um, because we'll just kind of keep reaching for it, and, you know, the minds keep kind of going to, okay, what's that? What are we supposed to do next? Where are we, where are we going? What's, what's the practice schedule, you know? And uh, everybody's pretty much the same about that. Really disappointed, um, in, in, in the overall, but, uh, the, the feeling in the locker room was, there's a reality you know, to what happened here and we just we just came up short you know and and uh gosh these guys fought so hard and the character of this club was just so visible you know throughout you know who we are you know and i don't know if the the fans at home were able to you know take their halftime break and and be thinking that something good was going to happen but uh in the locker room that was the way we we hit it you know and we just pounded it and and uh everybody was on it we were we knew we were going to turn the game, and that's just what happened. You know, the offense just got going, and they just took it over. And it was an incredible uh, uh, performance by those guys to, to score three straight times in a game when you didn't know didn't look like we were going to score at all. You know, and uh, Russell was f- fantastic, and uh, it just showed the you know all of the elements that that really make up great character. You know, is that the uh, passion, you know, and the, the perseverance and and the resilience to keep coming back and not not. You know, accepting the reality as it, as it appeared, and the, just the drive to finish the thing. You know, I mean, that, that's what grit's all about, and this team is exactly that. And unfortunately, we we didn't have enough firepower to to you know, get over the top here when we needed it, and a couple little things here. And you know, I'm sure you guys are working at all of the the little issues that you can come up with. Um, it, but it it was pretty it was pretty clear that this team was really had something special about it.
2: You said you were really proud of this team, the grit, the resilience. How do, you, how do you keep that going from this year because of how good it was and into next season
3: well, well yeah that's a that's a big question you know and and it's the question that we face always you know that how do you recapture um you know that which you know the ground that you've gained and, and really it's about work ethic is the way we always focus it uh that you' got to come back and you have to work your way back to it. Because something happened in the past doesn 't mean it 's going to happen, and these guys that go home over this break they come back and they 're not always the same you know things change in their lives and they sometimes are the better and sometimes not there's there's a lot out there, and there 's a lot of variables, but you do it with a real clear mission you know in, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a way that you operate and, and the expectations and the standards that you set, and then you just have to keep hitting the markers when you're going along the, the way, you know, and see if if the all of those elements are together and connected, and, and if not, you got to just keep, you know, whipping it and going and pushing and fighting and clawing and scratching until you get it right.
1: Tyler Lockett played with a lot of grit. You know, I saw him um, just showing way more emotion than he's usually showed. Was it getting chippy out there? Is that, an effect, a direct effect of being in a playoff game that it kind of brings that out of some guys?
3: Well, you know, Tyler had said something on on uh, Saturday night in the meeting that about uh, he wanted to make sure and, and make you know make it clear how much he wanted to you know be part of this game and this team and do well and <clears throat> and so he was he was primed and ready. I was so worried about him. You know, he didn't wear anything to to keep himself warm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and he was, you know, he had just this, this little body, as you know, and I just could picture him just getting just colder and colder as the night was going to go. I was worried about him. And, and uh, it, he, he looked great from the start and just battled the whole time and just kept making opportunities come to, come to life. There was a lot of off tempo things that he and Russ pulled off that were just, you know, extraordinary and, and even the touchdown and the first downs that they kept making, but, uh, I don't think it had anything to do with being chippy. I don't think it had anything to do with the playoffs other than the fact that Tyler was just primed and ready to perform for his team, and he he went for it.
0: We're talking to Coach Pete Carroll here, his weekly visit with us on the Pete Carroll Show. Three touchdowns and first three possessions of the second half, which you also did against San Francisco. And I, I think it's remarkable how your offense can find a rhythm like that. What do you think changed what 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 allowed your team to find that groove in those two games in the second you
3: know I dan I, I, you know, i don 't have that answer for you um, other than you know that it 's clear and obvious that it happens and uh, what what the factor is almost like the Russ rust factor you know he, he wears him down and uh, you could hear their I, I heard some of the t v copy and they 're making their comments about what they look like on the sidelines and he he it 's a factor that he wears them down you notice that he always runs more in those situations because they can 't get him and and his conditioning and his his competitiveness and all that maintains at a really high level and probably elevates some, you know, the opportunity. But he he just takes he, he takes some of the football out of them, and then we we start to command, you know, the, the opportunities. And so it's something like that, you know. And, and unfortunately, you know, they're they're fresh and ready to go at the start of the game. But by the time we wear them down, then then we can he can pretty much do what he needs to do.
2: He was so good, especially in the second half, in terms of just doing the things that we've come to love that he can do, running those figure eights behind the line of scrimmage, evading rushers. Where does this rank among performances that you've seen out of him? Because I thought really this year this this might have been the most impressive considering where you guys were in the second half and what he was able to do to pull you guys back into the game.
3: Yeah, I, I think it was just kind of, it was kind of um, you know, emblematic of just the season you know Russ had a great year he really had a great year and and he was on his game so often and so much of the time Uh, and 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 he was able to to really lift us when we needed it and and particularly when you know aspects of the team were were kind of diminishing you know the the running back situation just just went went south on us and, and we had to you know regroup and start over again and and uh in that you know that phase of time you know Russ just kept finding ways to keep things going and give us a chance um so, I, you know, I think it ranks way up there in terms of his seasons. I think it's as, as, as good a season as he's had. He could have taken us as far as, you know, the whole thing. He could, he could have won the whole thing with, with the way he was performing. And, and uh, we just kind of we, we couldn't hold up around him. His, his health was extraordinary. He was healthy all year, you know, and he felt great and conditioned well uh, coming in, but, it, but he maintained it throughout the season. And you can see he was at the top of his game in the very last quarter of, of all of it, you know. So, uh, remarkable performance.
1: Coach, it never seems like this team is out of it, even when you're down 18 points. Is this one of the most resilient teams you've ever coached?
3: Yeah, this was inconsistently consistently resilient. You know, some, you know, every season you have games, you know, but every game was like this. It seemed like, and, and the, the we, we uh, just had this kind of knowing that, that it, yeah, okay, this is what happened. I mean, at halftime in this game, you know, we have the music playing. And at halftime, it was kind of our normal way of doing it. We turn the music off and say, "Hey, this is one of those." Opportunities. This is it. This is how we we roll, you know. And and so here's the things we got to do to to put this thing in order. And it, there's a uh, there's a consistency about that which it kind of kicks everybody into the you know kicks them in the butt. Okay, forget about what just happened, and and away we go, you know. And, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's really something about these guys that, that is very special. And like
0: you said, Paul, you know how are we going to get it back? Well, we have to get it back because that's that's really who we are. You mentioned after the game, Pete, and drew a comparison to 2012, and that hit home to me because I remember the feeling coming out of that game in Atlanta. And there are some similarities with how the games played out and tremendous comebacks and kind of how close. And and a team sort of realizing, like, we've got everything we need for a championship. One of the other similarities was that was a team that struggled their defense – that year getting off the field on third down and that looked like it was maybe one of the decisive issues yesterday was was being able to close out positions oh
3: yeah it was couldn't have been more obvious you know that we're well yeah i know everybody's probably talking about why we punt the football well we were going to go for it until we got sacked in this fourth and 11 or 30 something whatever we were you know and we've been there before we just Go back to the San Francisco game. It was, you know, we have the timeouts. We've got the two-minute warning. We knew exactly what we were going to do. You have to stop them. We had two chances to stop them in that drive, you know, and both of them came down to third and considerable situations, third and nine, third and seven or something like that. And you have to get off the field, and we didn't. And all of the third downs before that, you know, was part of that game, but we needed one more, and uh, and, and that would have given us the chance to have the ball one more time. Now, I, I don't – I hope that uh, – that the the people watching us, the twelves, and all the fans that we that love us and, and, and are part of this, could feel that exhilaration that happened during the, the in the all the way third quarter, fourth quarter. It's such a remarkable shift in in, in emotion and energy and and vision and and, and all that uh, to be part of that. And it was so much fun. It was it, I wish it could last forever because that whole comeback thing you know is is an incredible uh you know journey to go through in 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 the game's time and um, i hope everybody else could feel that because we were really going to get get it done that's what we kicked the ball i'm not i'm not worried about getting the ball back we just have to go bang 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 and do what you got to do and uh you could see we were, we were playing a running game fine we had it you know we were in good shape and all that we just needed a third down stop and uh they make a, a you know an excellent throw and catch and you know, I still wonder if Jimmy made it. I don't think he did. You know, I don't think Jimmy, he did it wasn't, you know. And had they not called that, then they would have not overturned it if, as it had been challenged you know, the other way. Um, it wasn't really that close. But um, we still would have had to stop him on fourth down. I think they probably would have gone for it right there to try to end the game. You know, who knows? You know, we, I I think we would have stopped him and then we get the ball and then away we go and see if we win the football game. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just an amazing experience to be part of that again.
0: There was. And this, there was a moment where. The, the ref, Cleet Blakeman, went back on the mic and said that they had additional footage, but that didn't result in a change. They never really explained that. Did you get it? ever get an explanation from the officials about this additional footage? Well,
3: when, when you watch the TV copy there at the end, they did show a look coming in from the right side that, that I, maybe they hadn't looked at that one before. I don't know where that came from, but that one really sealed the deal. You know, he didn't make it. And and so, I, I you know... I think probably that's what happened. They had made the declaration, and then, yeah, oh, wait, wait look at this one, you know, and and then they go, but we got to take a look at it again, and that's what they do. But then they're, I'm, I'm sure, how hard is it to, you know, go back and say, oh, now we're going to change it, you know. But, uh, so I, there was a moment, and I jumped for the moment when they said, okay, we're going to look at it again. I go, okay, we, <laughs> we ain't dead yet, you know, and we're still alive. And, uh, the fact that it didn't turn, you know, it didn't turn, but, um, I think that's what happened. I think there, I think there was one more look that looked a little bit different and was kind of the decisive one. somebody in the booth in New York said, Oh, Hey, wait a minute, we might have messed this up. You know, let's look again, which I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of the second, re- you know, it, yeah. review. So, but, uh, that's, I think that's what happened.
2: What do you make of Jadevian Clowney's performance again, dealing with the injury? Yeah, he's a remarkable kind of
3: player. What a, what a, what a great, what a great asset he is, you know, and, and, uh, He's got such a great spirit about him. He loves the game so much. He loves winning and, and the challenges of it. Uh He, he was an incredible team, teammate this year, and uh, we had no idea who we were—you know—what we were getting when we got him. But he was—he exceeded all expectations, and his juice and energy about it, his willingness to fight through the injuries and all that stuff, you know, was—I uh, mean, he—he he was battling it the whole year. Guys that have that core injury, he'll get operated on. I'm, I'm, I'm we're thinking a couple weeks here. Uh it's really debilitating, you know, at times, and he just he just willed his way right through it and, and did a great job for his team.
2: You, uh, he said after the game, he wants to play for a contender. I, I'm sure, Mister Positive, right here, you've been trying to make sure that he's going to be back with the team next season. Have, have you had conversations about what happens next with him?
3: Uh, not specifically because that it was it really wasn't time and place, but uh, that 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 really is underway. Yeah, it, it's it's happening. Um, we'd love to have you know be here.
1: Russell Wilson took the game over in the second half. Do you guys have that conversation? Do you tell him, "Hey, it's time to go. You do your thing," or does it kind of just happen? You just go with the flow? Uh there's there's always those moments cuz we like talking that way, you
3: know, and and uh there's the looks and then, and, and then the acknowledgments. "Okay, this is it," you know. And it was that's what was at hand. And so uh um uh, there was some really cool moments in there, you know, when it, when you can feel it turn, you know, it's gone. The the the, the, the whole shift is now in, in motion and uh we know what that feels like, and we've been there so many times that it's just exhilarating, you know, to to be part of that and to see it happen again. And and it's the anticipation of the, you know, the overcoming the odds and all that that was uh, that that was you know that you can't ignore. And and uh, so we were really clear. Yeah, we were communicating well and thinking well, and and uh, uh, it was it was all happening.
0: I'm really interested, and in, I I've been in the building and felt it before when you guys do have that change in whether you want to call it momentum or emotion when, when the comeback happens, is that something you've always been keyed into as a coach or is it something you've learned to sort of appreciate and instill in your team?
3: Well, uh, you know, all the way back to being a, uh, you know, an athlete and playing, you know, you know, coming from behind and, you know, and dramatic finishes and uh, big plays and, you know, Shocking the world with with what just happened. I mean, that's always been my favorite part of the game. And and uh, you know, as a player, I wanted to be the one that you know hit the home run, you know, or, you know, or made the catch or whatever it was. And uh, and so that's I don't know, maybe everybody's like that. I don't know, but that's I, I've grown up. You know, big finishes was always part of the, the the most fun you could have. You know, and and you know, and and. So I I don't know I can't tell you about that. Danny. but it, I think it's always been part of my makeup. It's always been something that I l- love the most about playing, and uh, and being being part of it and competing. Um, but uh, other than that, I don't know. I don't to it, tell you.
0: Is it something your teams have always have always exhibited? Like have you felt, or is this team unique? Because I guess I'm just thinking of, especially since 2012, the number of times you've had those kind of comebacks whether it's bit, bit turning out in a victory like in the Green Bay game in the NFC Championship game or even in times when that comeback ends up not quite getting there like the Atlanta game or like this game or San Francisco that it's unique from my perspective and I'm wondering if if this is unique among teams you've coached
3: well we what I would go to is we've um, you know I don't know that I can speak on behalf of my New England days you know because we were kind of Floundering in, in my one year in, at the Jets, I can't tell you, you know. We, but uh, you know, since the, the SC days, we we've become such a um, a good finishing team. You know, we have finishing numbers that are really out there, and, and uh and that did carry over to this to the Seahawks in a, in a lot of ways. Um, when the, not this season didn't quite make it. We you know we didn't quite wrap it up like we needed to. We needed one more inch in San Francisco, and we needed a, another. You know, foot in, in this game here to get the ball back to win it, but uh, I, I think it's been part of the finishing mentality that, that is, has been pretty consistent so um, I can't say that that was always the case in all of the years that I've been involved in coaching because it, it hasn't been but since the SC days um, we have found a way to, to be a good finishing team and I do think it has to do with the way we approach the game and the way we approach the challenges in performance and, 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 and the way we talk about it and the expectations that we have, it does uh, give you structure for positioning yourself to have great things happen. And uh, so, you know, hopefully we can maintain it, keep it going.
0: With the defense. There was we we've, we've come learned to have huge expectations for defenses here in seattle what do you, What do you make of what you got from that side of the ball this season
3: Well we just we didn't have enough consistency in our playmaking you know we we uh we went the last few weeks out getting turnovers and and that's that's how we ride you know we're we were at plus twelve a few weeks ago you know and, and a few weeks back, and we wind up there, which is really really good and all that but uh but that that's the playmaking that that has been you know part of the makeup of our team and that 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 just got kind of quiet we uh, i think where there's a lot of growth in this team there's there's still a lot of a lot of growth in the in the back end of it, you know. We have a lot of young guys, kind of that, that are still playing and fitting together and growing. And they've got to become experienced veteran uh, uh, performers that that help each other out and finish the plays and finish the, the challenges that are there, and, and and so that our numbers can you know swing. You know, the the third down numbers sucked yesterday. You know, and we we amplified it with the last two shots that we had um, but those numbers are, are indicative of your pass rush and your playmaking ability and those are things that we have to get better at and I, I think we'll continue to grow um, we need players like Jadavian Clowney on the field that causes problems and disrupts the uh, the opponent you know and um, so we'll uh, we'll see if we can, you know we're, we're certainly going to be working towards that and we'll get better because we're going to be more experienced and we'll have played together more.
2: As a coach, what goes into the game plan? Getting some of those young defenders to take that next step, like L.J. Collier and Cody Barden and Hugo Amadi, Marquis Blair. There's a lot of young players on this team. It was one of the <coughs> youngest teams going into the season. H- how do you come up with a game plan for those players?
3: Well, everybody, everybody's got their you know their own process that we're going through here you know every guy's a different guy and we have to treat them uniquely and, and bring them along experience there's no there are no replacement for that and so they just have to be out there and play and then and then in when they play enough they show you who they are they show you are they the guys you know, they the guys that find the way to get a ball knocked down to make a play to come off the edge make the sack make the great tackle in the open field or not and and you have to evaluate that and then try to uh, continue to instill the confidence that it takes uh, to, for those guys to grow f- and move forward. There's a point in, when they're playing, when they're they just out there playing, and they're trying to just cover their button, make sure they don't screw it up. Well, that's not that's not greatness. You know, that's that's just process, and we have to get through that with young guys, and so. Uh, you know, Ugo's got to play more. And he's got to be in that situation a little bit more. And he, uh, uh, same with Cody and same with LJ. Those guys just have to be on the field and, and gain from these experiences. They also grow from the people around them. Those guys help them, and uh, we need leadership and direction and and, and and the illustrations of what it takes, and what it looks like. All of that has to is in process. So how do we do that over a long period of time? We just keep growing, and now and then you you find a player that just has all of those make the makeup. You know, Jadavian is a guy that goes out there and he just makes things happen. Well, not everybody's like that. You know he's extraordinary, and so um, you know that's we're hoping to you know to continue to develop.
2: You mentioned you got to get that experience. What did you make of Cody Bard in the last couple of games? I thought he played really well.
3: He did a nice job. Yeah, he, he's. A, I can't imagine him not being a really good football player. He's he's physically fit. He's fast. He's athletic. He's got instinct. We've seen we've seen him play in the pass defense area. He's going to be a fantastic pass defender in time. We've seen it already. We know that. Uh, it's just settling in and being comfortable and, and, and going for it. You know, guys got to go for it. You got to take your shots, you know, and, and that comes from confidence and experience and all of that.
1: When he becomes that kind of a player, I think he's going to be a real asset. During the week, it's easy to kind of get over wins and losses because you got the next opponent the next week. So now that the season's over, what's your process like? How long <laughs> does it take for you to start working on next year? Well,
3: it, it's it already started. You know, we went an hour on the plane last night and talking about the future, Johnny and I, and just trying to figure it out and, you know, put things in order because now the time starts to do that. But we're we're, we're pro-bowling, you know. So we got another, we got a week to kind of kick around and, and, and kind of get our minds right and then we go to the pro-bowl and then we'll, once that thing is, is over then, then we'll really kick into what, what, what's happened to the future. But understand that this is well underway already. You know, all of the plans for who we have to work with contractually and, and, and financially and all that kind of stuff. Uh, acquiring talent Happens with the draft, but free agency is coming up, and all those kinds of all of those things are in motion. John's already had all of his meetings to set us, uh, you know, in in a position where we know what's out there, uh and the strategy and the plan is already in order.
0: Pete is incredible season and one of the most exciting that that I can remember happening. um I, I also want to say for all of us here at Seven Ten ESPN Seattle, thanks for for your accommodation. These interviews, the Pete Carroll Show, it, it really helps us. Sort of, and I think helps the fans be along for the ride. So I'm really grateful for how open you are with us when you do these each as and every I. week. Yeah,
3: well, Thanks, and, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate you saying that. I do think it's my responsibility to try to help you guys and the, and the people understand what's going on and, and as best we can. I never feel like it's a, an adversarial type of dealer. You know, I, I you know, want to talk to them. I want them to understand because we need their we need their spirit. You know, we need the connection that they bring, the juice that they bring, the conversations that will carry them through the off season, and, and the interest and the focus and all of that. We need to keep generating that because it's part of everything that we do. You know, and everybody has, happens to be connected to this thing. And I've always felt like we needed to do whatever we can do to make it clear in them and, and to help them, you know, and embrace their what they offer too. Because you either compete or you're not. You know, <laughs> we need everybody going in the same direction. So thank you for your thoughts and, and thanks you guys. You did a great job during the. Year. sorry I didn't so fast we should still be going and uh i won't get over that sorry <laughs>
0: it is part of the process and, and moving forward i'm excited for what will happen next season and you guys have built something incredible uh here and i guess everybody in seattle's built something we're just getting
3: warmed guys. up guys
0: <laughs> yeah thank you very much all right guys take care it is danny and Gallant. We'll now turn it over to the professor, John Clayton. Really uh, special thanks to Pete Carroll and everything that he's done and the time that he's made and his willingness to talk about and dig into some of the things that have happened. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 on Danny and Gallant.